Today, on the first episode of The Lion's Pit, I sit down and chat with Craig Ewan of Dead Define about his new single, Lifeline, as well as marketing his brand and life in quarantine. Dead Define is a great solo project that Greg, Craig started back in 2018 with his first single, I Fear Nothing. You can check him out on all platforms as Dead Defined. Enjoy the interview. I'll be, I'll be for having me man yeah i you know what i got into your music i saw your uh i saw you post the lifeline and buddy i (laughs) like why i mean i gave you that message i gave that message where i thought you were uh, a full a full five-piece band right right man (laughs) like (laughs) and and the fact that you uh that you were you were your class in names like filter and stained and uh, uh, stabbing westward, which really yep. brings me back to my back to my my youth days. Man, that, that's that's awesome. It's you you have a sound that's just really the concept is is amazing, uh, and you're you're bringing back that hard that hard rock that I think people people are really missing that aggressiveness that uh, like uh, Alan Cross, by the way, congratulations on that. Uh, him uh, giving you that, that little, that little piece. That's, that's amazing. That, uh, that was really cool. Really cool. 
<laughs> I bet as as an artist that it must have been like uh, a big a big high point for you. Yeah, it, it definitely was. Definitely, uh, <laughs> if I was ever second out and stuff, that kind of kept me kept me aligned again. Kind of uh, Re- reassuring you that uh, yeah, put the wind up under put the put the wind up up under my wings again. So it was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, it man, I, like honestly, I can't say enough. Uh, I, like my my wife and I, we we throw it on in the car, and it's like it's <laughs> oh buddy, it's yeah, it's 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 good stuff. And I and I think that's for me personally, me like I'm able to be a fan, but I'm also able to uh, help promote uh, artists like yourself and and kind of get your your name out more. At least the more, I mean, I my following is still kind of pretty pretty small, but mm-hmm. I mean, just the fact that I'm able to do this for you and 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 just you know get people to know what you're what you're all about is awesome. That's um, great, yeah, that's I'm thankful for it. I you need it, you need every as much help as you can in this industry for sure. So yeah, very yeah. Thankful. What are I mean? We kind of mentioned these these artists, but what what are some of the uh, some of your biggest influences to getting into that that style of music and deciding to do it as as a one piece? Yeah, well, pretty much I've always been a fan of the '90s rock and that style and up. I never really got into the classic rock. Um, you know, I maybe I was. It's kind of like I don't know if really I'm a late bloomer or anything, but like my I never really had any kind of influence. Like my parents weren't really into music; they listened to the Bee Gees and you know Rod Stewart and stuff like that. But uh, that was never really my thing. Like uh, I remember in my early in the early '90s, like driving to Bible camp. I'm not religious or anything like that, but I remember listening to like Papa Roach Infest, the first album, and I was just like awestruck i just loved it so it's, it's funny to look back on that now driving to bible camp listening to friggin papa roach but like that's kind of the seed that was planted um like massive influences like i'm a huge fan of alter bridge they've always been a thing ever since they were creed before um alter bridge has always been a big thing for me when i learned to play and write like tremani mark tremani the main guitarist and songwriter he uh big influence on my writing still to this day um huge fan of them um papa roach has always been like i said has always been thing they've always been there they've always been obviously progressing too with their sound and everything else so um yeah as far as as bands and the solo thing too um i've been i've been in many bands like lots of bands over the years i'm 34 now um i probably started when i was 16 i think when i actually started a band um so i've been pretty much i kind of got to the point where you do the band thing and it's just it's very hard to keep it's a relationship that's what it is a relationship with four or five other people that have their own opinions on certain things too so you kind of it's it's very hard it's a hard thing to keep together and to have longevity in um so it kind of got to the point where i was bouncing around so much with other bands and just trying to find that fit as where know decided i i do write songs on and off and just decided to say screw it like i'm i'm gonna try this i might as well do it like I, the time is now <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i got nothing right. to lose and i got connections with my buddy's studio and stuff and he's a great producer a great engineer and i said to him let's let's just try it like this is what i listen to and this is where i see music going that's why i use a lot of like new electronics and everything else like that like i do have the four-piece band sound obviously if i you yeah. know once i'm doing live stuff if i get to that point um i wanted to have a, a killer rock show like that's what i've always been so um yeah as far as that goes it's i just decided to do it myself like, like, like i said i've been writing since i've gosh i've been writing for years but you know i've got a lot of stuff that's on the back burner that i haven't even come out with yet. like i said i just started in 2018 so it's only four singles but it takes time and finances as i said like i'm working a full-time job as i do and so the time that i have to myself it's what i invest my time in so right yeah Uh, Yeah. so have you always uh because you're saying you've been into other bands uh have you have you always had that same music style or have has there been different music elements in different bands that you've played in 
Uh, it's pretty much been, yeah, like, well, I call it like the American hard rock style. Like, that's what right. I listen to on a daily basis. All my favorite bands are all American hard rock. Um, that's all I've really been interested in. Like, you know, like, um, I live in Oxbridge, so yeah. it's not too far. But we're like a country kind of town, like a country music town. Right. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the Canadian music scene now is country. Yeah. So I've had, like, a lot of people say, well, why don't you do country? You've got that low baritone voice. Like, you know, you could do well in country. Like, a lot of guys did. Like, Aaron Lewis from Stained. Dallas Smith from default. Now they're doing country, you know. Um, yeah. But I'm, I just, I'm just not there yet. Like I, I, as much as I admire those guys and I like the sound of country, um, I also want to really be doing something that I'm really enthralled in and like. Like I'm not, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm not a huge fan of country. Like I, I just don't have that, <laughs> you know, I don't have that uh, want to switch over genres and try it. Also with songwriting and everything else like that, I've been doing this for so long. I, you know, I'm not sure if I probably could adapt, but it's just not something that I'm really into as of right now. So there could, there could be a day where I might, you know, try it. Um, but obviously there is country influence with everything, like with the rock side and, you know, the Southern rock and stuff like that. But uh, right. yeah, but as far as that goes, I've always done the hard rock kind of thing. That's pretty much my, my niche, I guess you could say. Yeah. Man, what you what you've got, <laughs> what you've got is really really working for you. So, unholy, that another another amazing. So all four of your singles are are absolutely amazing. Like really nice. really really well done. Uh, the, the like you said, the producing the producing sounds great. Uh, yeah. Your sound, your your vocals with it, it just. Everything goes together really, really nice. I mean, man, I, why throw it away if you if you've got something right? So well, that's it. A lot of it's patience too. Like as I said, that's why a lot of my bands have broken up in the past because they don't see the you know the longevity of it. Where it's you know even me sometimes I still get frustrated sometimes if I don't see like much movement with you know the, the numbers going up online of listeners, streams, stuff like that. It. it, it you know, that's behind the scenes kind of stuff that's frustrating for an artist. Like, right. Cause that's when you start double guessing yourself also, or they overthinking something insane. Like, well, you know, I could take these way out, do country or try something, you know, a lot more commercial in a way, especially in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's the thing too. And then I have to sit back and say, well, I just started in 2018 with this project. Like you can't just, you know, pack it up. And it, it's the things that, you know, that kind of, just getting like the messages or DMs from just random people that come across the music and like making new fans that way, where it kind of, like I said, it lights that fire. Like it's reaching, you know, I've had people from Ukraine, Russia, Brazil right now is a big one. Wow. I just got a message from a guy from Brazil. He's a guitar player and came across it today. And I, you know, out of nowhere, just DMs and shares it. And I, it's interesting. It's just to see where it goes. It's really, it's crazy. So uh, that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's, that's wicked. Uh, and I think I think another cool thing is that because you're you're working as a solo artist, when something like this happens, which I, I'm going to kind of get into in a minute, but you're able to kind of work on it uh, and and just kind of like uh, do your thing, right, and not have to depend on five other guys to you know, to get to get together and 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 do that whole thing when you're stuck in a quarantine. I, I think that's 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 pretty cool too. And I yeah. like I said, I just love the fact that you're a solo artist and you're creating something that I mean you even you have a band name mm-hmm. that fine which is which I love the name. Uh, <laughs> it, it's it, it's it really it really says you, you know what I mean? Yeah, man, it's it's awesome. To the quarantine, what are your thoughts, and, and what were your thoughts when Doug Ford and and Justin Trudeau decided, okay, they're gonna lock it down and everything just starts closing one by one? Now I know you're you were saying that you're you're uh, working at a warehouse. Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts going going through that and like, you know? Uh, did you have any any things that you had to had to adjust as an artist? I think just, the main thing would be still as an artist, like uh, studio access and stuff like that. Like even a lot of the studios and the producers, um, even just 
collaborating with friends and stuff, you, you can't really do it. Like, it's very hard to find that energy over social media. Um, like, I see a lot of people do the live concerts and stuff like that. But for me, being in music and doing it for so long, I just, I, I, I kind of see how it's, you know, it's very, you don't get that energy. You don't get that feeling of a live concert. Um, but as I said, yeah, with the, with the whole quarantine stuff, the, my main thing is probably studio, like the studio that I use down Voodoo Records down in Scarborough. Right. Um, he has, he rents like a lot of other separate studios to that location. And the okay. landlord of the building told him, like, you got to shut this all down for at least the 14 days and however long it is now, 28, I think. They, at the time, it was 14 days. And when I even called him the day of, like, when Ford was on there, and I said, is this going to affect, like, recording, writing, everything else like that? And he said, yeah, like, he, I, I got to shut the building down. So even for Great. that, it's kind of just like, like, I'm kind of lucky that I released my latest song when I did because I can at least keep promoting it through all of this which is kind of a blessing in a way as i saw it um yeah. keep promoting online and doing these interviews and stuff like that the timing kind of worked thankfully um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. being a soul artist that way it's it's yeah just mainly the studio just the collaborating and studio and uh, just having access to it but uh, right. yeah as far as a day job for me with the warehouse stuff it really hasn't affected too much our workload's gone up, as I mentioned, because we do. I deal with books, um, publishing and distributing. So, yeah, as long as Amazon and those big guys, you know, the big name houses, they're, they're still selling. They're going to still sell more now because people are at home all the time. So, yeah, my, my job's kind of, I'm good with it. Like, it's, you know, it's a steady job right now. So, yeah. 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 Where, as you were kind of, meant, you were just mentioning about the, about the whole the live the live part, uh, which again, like I've I've seen so many artists doing the live thing, the live streams and stuff like yeah. that. Like like Saint Sonia, Saint Sonia's been doing some, you know, going out to the the park or whatever and doing doing live stuff. Mm -hmm. I think for bigger bands like that, it's one thing, but it when when local smaller uh, artists are trying to do that. It's like I feel like you could be like working on writing new stuff, new content, and and yeah. and and getting that stuff. What are your thoughts on the music industry when uh, we come back to a somewhat normality? Because obviously, it's not going to be it's not going to be the same right away. They're not going to like okay, doors are open, everybody, you know. Because China did it, and look what happened. Now they're now they're dealing with a second wave, yeah. Wuhan. So, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on on the music industry? Do you think it's going to benefit them, or do you think it's going to kind of hinder them? Uh, well, as far as you mentioned with like the online stuff, with the uh, the live kind of you know the besides the independent artists, the ones that are actually like, the bigger bands, like you said, like Saint Sonia and stuff. Like I, for them, I see them. In a way, it's I would, not benefiting, but in a way, it's they have that big fan base that mm -hmm. kind of want that. Um, as you mentioned, like the indie artists, they don't really have a big fan base. So that's the thing. You have to either opt to choose to maybe, yeah, start writing, making some material, and then saving it for when everything, you know, subsides. Um, right. Or if it really benefits you or not doing live, I'm not sure. I, I've re I haven't really been following too many bands going live. I, I use social media. In the, in the way I use it, I don't try not to use it too much. But uh, <laughs> but as far as when yeah the bands and the concerts come back, it's I don't know. I, I, I've been watching a lot of the news and a few venues you know downtown have been closing because feel yeah. especially the rock, rock venues because they just don't have you know it's it's kind of a scary thing because prior to it there was a lot of closures already with rock yeah, venues. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Such a big genre in Toronto and surrounding areas. So. It's, I mean, rock, like you were saying, rock was already kind of like uh, taken, take not, not dying. It's definitely not what it used to be, and that's no. one thing that like that I've been doing this for so many years. Like I've seen it personally, I've been through it personally, as I mentioned. Like that's why I've chosen to do this kind of project, mainly launch it online and see what kind of fan base I can get, pretty much through social media at first to yeah. even garner enough social media or fans locally enough even to right. start putting on shows, right? Um, 
but yeah, as far as I see with coming out of the quarantine and in, in the live stuff, like I said, I'm, I'm more worried about the venues, to be honest, for people to wanting to go to these venues and start filling up the rooms again and, you know, keeping yeah. the, the actual place up the bars you know selling and stuff like that yeah you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of like people still in that uh range wanting to stay away six feet right so it's like you're gonna have you're gonna have 150 people in a 600 you know and it's gonna look full but it's not actually full yeah Uh, that's the thing i wonder I, i wonder how they're gonna do it like i don't know that's the yeah. awesome thing too. Like I don't know how they're gonna do it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can only you can only see. We can only wait and see. I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, what uh, what's one strength that you you have to help you stay relevant in the in the industry? The one strength would be, I think, literally just being a fan of bands that are up and coming um that's a way to stay relevant i think you know seeing what they're writing what producers they're working with um that's a big thing that i follow a lot of producers to see who these bands are working with there's a lot of rap producers switching over to rock a lot of rock and rap um that's how i in pretty much keep relevant through the through the industry with the right with my own writing my own style everything like that um as i mentioned i'm i'm a 90s kind of guy and up Right. Uh, but even the big bands that I followed, as I mentioned, like Papa Roach, they've gone through different cycles of sound and just, you know, just with them evolving, they're always evolving pretty much. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. You can't neglect the other genres and the other markets as well. You know, pop's such a huge market. Um, a lot of these rock bands now, they've you can tell by their songwriting, it's very pop written, pop oriented. Right. But that's right. what the market wants. That's what you have to write commercial. And that's the thing. If you want radio play these days, you got to write commercial. You got to write to what people want in a way. But obviously, what's true to you also as an artist, you can't just start writing stuff you don't like, then you'll end up going insane eventually. But <laughs> kind, kind, <laughs> kind of like uh, uh, I noticed Disturbed, uh, they kind of, they kind of uh, did that, that same kind of like they, all their stuff in their uh, in their first album, uh, Down with the Sickness, was heavy, 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 heavy. Yeah. And then as they progressed, I think it was beyond. Uh, I can't remember the name of the name of the album, but then they started. They really started to kind of slow slow some of their, like, you know, get some of those ballads in there. Same yeah. with same with Papa Roach too, and yeah. both. Both bands uh, having their very first album 20, 20 year uh, birthday this year, which is yep. just incredible. Uh, and and they're still like you said, they're still they've never went away. You know what I mean? They've that's constantly. A, you have to find a way to be relevant, and that's the main thing. But also being yeah. true to your style and true to yourself. And those are the bands that, as I mentioned, they have the longevity, and that's what you need is a yeah. band that's willing to, you know go with the times pretty much with the industry as much right. as it like i said rock's not a big thing especially here in canada toronto but oh, yeah. the backbone is there like we have those bands three days grace we have you know nickelback these massive canadian bands um, yeah. and they're not going to go anywhere they're still going to be around so you never know there could be a shift in the future with the industry it's you never know how it works you never know how it yeah. works anymore so right uh so you have uh, four singles, so what? So is that like, is that kind of like what you were thinking was to kind of do do a single and then work on a song and then do a single, uh, or do you think that out like doing an album makes more uh, makes more sense to drop an album for? To be, as an independent artist, I think the way to get your foot in the door would be singles. Because I've had albums in the past when albums were the thing. But these days, there's so much media out there. I always have said to everybody, it's quality before quantity. Like, that's all I've always thought now. Quality before quantity. There's so much media out there 
people see so much stuff during the day. You need stuff to catch people's eye and ear, obviously. Um, so it was my choice to pretty much just start popping out singles and then dropping them however, you know, with my own life and everything else like that, since music isn't my full-time job. Um, just, you know, working on something for quite a few months even, but promoting it properly, you know, working the social media, as I mentioned, um, you have to have music video, everything else like that with it. So you can, in a way, milk it for a few months when you release it, because then you have a lot of media that follows up with it or that you can use. Right. Um, but as far as, yeah, I think you need to kind of establish a fan base and then it would be worth it to record an EP or an album. Like I, my, my thing is I'd see a lot of bands dropping like the albums right on the get-go but then i think but the problem is like nobody knows who they are and they've invested so much money so much time into this one thing hoping that it's gonna take off but nobody knows who they are so the problem is now it's it's pretty much just trying to make a name for yourself and having that fan base build that fan base and then when they start maybe speaking up saying oh like can you write more music we want more we want more that's kind of your cue to say okay well i'm on the right page i'm doing something right here so that might be the next step. So, and that's probably the next step I'll eventually take. Not an album, but maybe an EP, four or five songs probably. Um, and then here or there, I want to do a few covers here and there also. I think my next song is probably going to be a cover, uh, just a rendition of something. I'm not going to say yet, but we might, <laughs> work, we might be working on it tomorrow at the studio. Finally, the studio's open, so we're going to meet up and talk about it. But, uh, um, but yeah, just kind of dropping stuff here and there with, you know, it's a different time with social media. Uh, like I started when there was no social media. So yeah, to yeah. adapt to that, like I've only adapted to it really in the last two or three years to really start posting more online. Um, so uh, yeah, that's, it's pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I look at the numbers of your, of your singles and it, it's like, I mean, life, lifeline, lifelines halfway, halfway to unholy, I believe it is, and like on, you know, yeah, the, on Spotify, I think it is on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, on Spotify. Yeah, I keep, I, it's funny because I look at the numbers <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I, I always just automatically think of Spotify and I don't think of the other, uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> all the other like, like I like, uh, uh, mute, Apple Music and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's the thing is that like when you've dropped that song, it's like you drop that song and it's such a good song that people, you know, people are throwing it on their on their playlist and listening to it over and over and over and over again. That's and, it. Then, yeah. and then, you know, and now, that, now they're like, OK, when, when's this next one coming? I want I want his next one. And then. You know, and then and then you're dropping your your next one uh, a month or so later, and it's like, boom! You've had all this time to to focus on that. I I really honestly believe, from what I've learned and seen in the past two years, I've been in the music program, that that's that's the way to go. Like that really really has been the way to go. You you drop an album, and you know you. Like your numbers, the numbers won't be the same. Like it, it just it because people will listen to the album or they'll listen to like the first five songs and then and then they go on to something else or they you know. That's it. It's it's sad to say, but the attention span of the people, it's just that's the thing too. You have to think about it's a psycho psychological thing too. Like the attention span's a massive thing. Um, even with songwriting, like you have to catch your attention right away with the songwriting too, or else, you know, it's so easy just to click next, listen to another song. Um, and that's what I was mentioning too, with like a lot of the media with like the music videos and stuff too, they have to be, when I write my music, I always picture it like my old favorite bands, what they used to do with like the single cover had to do with the song, the lyrics, everything has to do with it. the music video has to correspond with the song. Obviously it has to correspond with all the artwork, everything else like that. And that's something that I, I like to stay true to also. Um, all the, yeah, you know, especially, I think with Lifeline, this last one, with the music video that I did promoting the mental health addiction also, that's also another thing that people really caught on to as well. Because um, mm -hmm. not a lot of people really talk about it, not a lot of 
guy bands really talk about too much also, especially in rock and roll these days? I've interviewed, so like I've kind of implemented that uh, into my show, uh, talking to uh, different artists and bands about about mental health and uh, and the music industry and stuff like that. Right. And and I, I I agree. I I think that is the mental health. Uh, it needs to be uh, pushed more. You know, for for mm-hmm. people to know uh, to get out and 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 talk about it and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on mental health and and the music industry, other than what what you just kind of mentioned? Uh, they go hand in hand, I think. To be honest, <laughs> um, you know, when you're a musician writing a certain song, I know I've seen a lot of interviews with like Jonathan Davis and Corn, and like it's a lot of he talks a lot of real stuff about. Well, I know they did a tour, I forget when it was, like five years ago, but he didn't even want to sing the songs that he used to write. Because he said, like, there were so much memories that he didn't even want to bring up that he put on pen and paper and said, that's it. Like, I'll sing these songs, that's it. But he didn't even want to perform these songs anymore because it was that, you know, he was that in tune with his, you know, whatever what he was going through, the addiction or whatever it was, the mental health issues he had at the time. Yeah. Um I think that's a big thing also, like with musicians singing certain songs, because um, the reason why you write a song is because you have that memory of something or something happened in your life or you have this storyboard in your head. Um, and that's why I see a lot of, you know, a lot of the big bands, in my opinion, is a lot of the big bands that they, they've been doing it for years and years and years. And some of them do struggle with addiction and mental health still because, you know, it might on the outside, you know, looking in, they're rock stars, everything else like that. But you have to realize these guys are still humans. Yeah. They're doing this on a daily basis. They're out there to perform to you. They're out there putting themselves out, you know, being vulnerable. Um, music is a massive, it's a vulnerable thing. Like, that's what people, you know, don't really see much of. Um, to be able to go on stage and sing and just express how you feel personally. Yeah. It's almost, you're pretty much, it's, you know, you're talking to the public. It's, it's, you know, uh, so it's kind of, yeah, uh, mental health goes hand in hand with music that way. As far as a rock scene, I should say, as far as a rock scene goes, that's what I, I know. <laughs> we've, we've, we've lost some, some really, really amazing, talented artists too over the yeah. years. Uh, my boy, uh, who got me through a lot of stuff, uh, I, I I mean I, I shouldn't say my boy because he, well, I never knew him but uh, I felt like I knew him. Uh, yeah. Chester Chester was uh, a huge huge part of my life and yeah. and uh, and he touched a lot of a lot of people's lives uh, and helped help them get through you know and and I think that a lot like a lot of artists they it's almost like they lose themselves uh in the music definitely and and they you know they they start to not really be able to separate the different sides like you were mentioning with with uh with jonathan davis you know it was like he had to he had to not do those ones because and and i i think it's it's amazing what what you guys do as artists to to put that stuff out because i mean i I mean it's it's got to be hard it's got to be hard to be able to like some artists have to go into really dark places Mm -hmm. it's crazy man well that's yeah definitely because i've had i've had a few friends say like you know when you put a song do you listen to it over and over or music video do you watch it over and over and you know like analyze it and i say no you can't because you'll literally go crazy You mean you mean with you mean with your own stuff? Yeah, like analyze your own stuff because I've said like or I've known even from writing it's like this I wrote this at a certain time in my life at a certain place and I released it then and it's out to the world I can't change it I can't you know fix it I can't do anything else I want to it so this is the final product that's out there and you just can't go crazy over things like that like this song is done on to the next one. And that's what I say. It's, you know, you can't just sit and dwell on certain things like that. And that's what a lot of the big artists, you know, they do, you have to, 
you write a hit song and it's and it's the, the hard part is writing that hit song and then you have to write you have to you know the next the pressure is you know write another one that's even just as good or better yeah uh, that's a struggle in itself that's a struggle and, alone in itself so. and then and then you're touring on top of it so you're yeah. you're you're singing those songs over and over and over and over and over and over again and and those emotions are are just coming back constantly uh definitely speaking of touring uh what would be your dream venue to perform at <laughs> i've seen where is it i think it's the red rocks have you seen the red rocks i'm not sure where that is it's a concert stage that's literally on both sides it's just giant it might be nevada or something i'm, I'm not sure i've seen pictures of it though but it's, it pretty much looks like it's caved into a, or carved into a giant rock quarry or something. Okay. And it just looks incredible. Like that—that's one thing that I would love. It just—it's an amphitheater, open air. Um, yeah. But just that, just seeing alone. I've seen pictures from on stage and seeing that, I said, man, that would be such a cool thing. It's very like Mad Max, so Mad Max also kind of very deserty. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I think that would be kind of a really. I've always envisioned doing that venue. <laughs> what What about Canadian venue? Canadian venues? I'm trying to think. Well, obviously Molson stage. Anything open air. I, I'd like open air. Open air venues for me, like when I do festivals and stuff, I love just you know the open air kind of things. Um, yeah. Probably yeah, probably or Budweiser stage, I guess it's called. Now. Bud, Budweiser, yeah. Budweiser, yeah. yeah, that'd be cool. I've seen enough, I've seen so many concerts there. That'd be kind of cool just to you know just to change and if I was ever on stage, it's kind of a That'd be that'd be pretty surreal. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you do uh would you have a band behind you or would you want to do it like uh the 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 solo like what you're doing right now? I would definitely have a band behind me. The main reason why I chose to not really use kind of like a solo or solo persona is because mm -hmm. just in case it ever grew into anything more than just a solo thing. My main thing was, you know, like I'm I'm doing it as a solo project for now because it's convenient for me and right. I'm liking the stuff that I'm writing. But if it ever got to that point of, you know, finding a certain fit of musicians that, you know, work as a band in total, then right. it's a lot easier transition than saying, you know, it's not the Craig Ewan band, it's dead to fine. Um, it's a lot easier to just move on that way. And I right. just simply don't want it to be the Craig Ewan band. <laughs> Like if I'm in a band, I've been with bands many, like I said, we've had some brotherhoods and falling out and everything else like that. But if you have a close knit band, there's nothing better. And the energy is just, it's awesome. So, right. Right. Yeah. What would be your biggest accomplishment so far as an artist? For, like with, 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 with that define. Uh, I think it'd probably be getting on Alan Cross's radar um initially i got on his radar with my last single and he had played it on edge 102 and then i sent him this one and he with the coinciding music video and he was pretty blown away by it so um and being an independent artist being able to get played on edge 102 is not very easy <laughs> as i've heard um, yeah. i don't have any radio promoters or anything like that like i pretty much did it myself um, all the promoting stuff I've done by myself. So just years and years of, you know, knowing certain people and just knowing what it takes. Like I said, the, it has to be good quality before quantity, especially this time in life. Um, so far, that's probably the biggest one is just, you know, having him write just a write up. Like initially he wrote a few words. I have it on my website. Um, just a quote that he wrote. And he just having that was really, was really cool. It was just, you know, I was kind of blown away because I wasn't expecting it. So. Yeah, that was, man, I. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was some nice stuff being said about it. And like I said before, the names that you were put in with, like that's. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> that's yeah. that's huge. That's huge. What what is one thing that people would never know about you just by looking at you? About me just by looking at me. Um. <laughs> Well, my friends know, but I guess me, I'm I'm kind of 
I wouldn't say I'm kind of an in a closet in the closet nerd in a way. Okay. Um, I'm a I'm a storm chaser. Okay. Like, on the side, uh, <laughs> I'm a, a big weather nerd. I'm a big weather nerd. Oh yeah. 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 I've always been my whole life. That's one thing that a lot not a lot of people know. Um, oh, since I'm friends, I'm actually part of a program called Canwarn in Ontario. So we're like storm trackers. Holy. So there's like big storms coming in that we get to, you know, uh, let other people know like what's going on around. So you just, you set out whatever it is. You, you message people and you let everybody know that everything's safe. Everything's fine. If there's no certain warnings in different areas, stuff, stuff like that. Kind of um, like Twister, yeah, Twister style. Exactly. Just, yeah. just like Twister. Like that was yeah. pretty much the movie that got me right into it. So to mm. this day, um, yeah, like I, I follow the Southern States right now. I, on a daily basis, I've got my computer on the radar and stuff like that, just following storms down south, seeing how they're doing, because they've had quite a few tornadoes this year already. Um, but yeah, one day I'm going to do, they have tours down south also for tornado tours. So that's one thing I'm going to check off my bucket list one day. <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. I'll, I'll, sit, I'll sit and watch you. I'll sit and watch you for a way way far. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what everybody says. <laughs> Oh, man, that's awesome. I'm a big aviation nut also. We oh, okay, okay. Aviation geeks. Like, I'll sit by Pearson Airport and watch the planes fly in. Um, <laughs> I've gone to numerous air shows over my whole life. Like, my big thing every summer is going to certain air shows. Um, nice. I don't know if it's too nerdy, but for some people, it's kind of geeky. You know, airplanes aren't really the cool thing, hip thing. But uh, for me, it's very important. I've always done it my whole life, and I just love them. Yeah. So, yeah. One one album that has influenced you to being a musician. There's a band. Um, they're no longer together, but it was a massive influence on me. They're called Revis Places for Breathing. Okay, okay. Um, Justin Holman was the lead singer. Um, they they disbanded years ago. I think they disbanded like ten years ago. But that was a big album that. Their first single, I think, was on like the that Daredevil movie, that soundtrack. It was either the Daredevil movie or the Punisher movie. Um, they had like their first single hit, like was in one of those movies. And then I bought the album, and he has a very deep baritone voice, like myself. So that was a massive influence on the and the songwriting and the production. Like to this day, I probably listen to this album still weekly. It holds up to anything to this day. Like, the engineering, the production on this album is just incredible. The songwriting is just incredible. So, they can compare with, I think, many rock bands right now. I'll have to check that out. Revis. Yeah. Re yeah. Revis. And they have one album. All one right. album. That's it. Yeah. yeah. One album. Kind of, a couple of fun questions, and then we'll, we'll kind of hit the road. And if you could only eat at one restaurant for the rest of your life, <laughs> <laughs> I love asking this one because I found out about some really good restaurants. <laughs> what what would what would your choice be? Oh my gosh, I really don't eat out that much. Like I I'm not that I have a strict diet, but I'm very I'm a bachelor, so I you know chicken and rice is pretty much all I freaking eat. But uh, <laughs> one thing that I always love is I think it's. It's, it, it, Jimmy the Greek, I think it's called. It was always in, it's in like the malls, you know, like the yeah. mall kiosk. Like just, you know, I've always loved Jimmy the Greek, just chicken, rice, salad. <laughs> just, I just love that place. I've always loved it. Anytime I've ever gone to the mall, I just grab it. And that's probably like, yeah, like the Mediterranean kind of style of food. Like I just, I love it. So, yeah. 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 I, I think I think my wife would have to agree with you on that one. She loves uh, <laughs> she. Every time we go to the mall, uh, she works at the mall. So uh, when they were when the mall was open and it, yeah, it, it wasn't uh, quarantine. Uh, we we'd go there and uh, we we she'd always it, it's always Jimmy the Greek for her. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice five words that you would use to describe yourself i'm a very kind person i've got a big <laughs> heart i got a big heart some people might see the tattoos you know the rock star kind of style but uh i've gone through a lot in this life and on the inside i'm a, I'm a kind person i like to uh look out for people so 
Yeah, yeah. You 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 seem like a you seem like a really relaxed, chill kind of guy, man. Uh, I I've honestly appreciated sitting here chatting with you. Uh, I was I was really looking forward to this interview. I mean, I I say that for for interviews because I really I I really do. I enjoy doing doing interviews, but there's some that I just really uh, when I see when I see quality of music like yours and just again like I said the production uh, and and even because I'm a I'm a music video guy I like a music video because sometimes it's hard for me to interpret lyrics the way they're meant to be interpreted so sometimes I'll interpret interpret them in one way and then I'll watch the video. And that that wasn't the way it was actually meant to be. When when I see music videos and music videos are are made like how yours how your lifeline was made, that's I mean that that's one thing that gets it for me. I, I really I really appreciate the art of not only the music but but the creativity to a, a music video. Right. So, yeah, as I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I need. That's the way that I kind of have always done it. Like I, I don't want to have, um, you know, transparency in a way. I want to have, you know, a, a, like the what I'm singing, the lyrics, everything else like that. It all lines up, I guess, in one. Uh, visually, mentally, like I said, it's almost like a psychological, psychological kind of thing too. Um, you got to think of it all when you're writing a song. That's the main thing. You, you got to think of how people are going to portray it. And like you said, how people see it or listen to the lyrics or read the lyrics. And then, you know, some bands do a completely different music video that doesn't really suit the song. And I'm the same way. I, I'm, I'm kind of like, uh. <laughs> but for me, it's always, <laughs> I want that consistency of, you know, having the same kind of thing the whole way through. So. Right. Two food items to make your, uh, your next single. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say Bud Light Pistachio. <laughs> Bud Light Pistachio. I like that. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. What what's what's one of the craziest things that you've seen at a show that uh, I, have you done have you done live as as Dead Defined? I haven't done live as Dead Defined, but I've obviously done live with my other bands and stuff. With with your other bands. Uh yeah. What what's the craziest thing you've ever seen uh, in the audience, like in the in a wash pit or or whatever? I don't know if I've ever seen anything that crazy. Girls dancing on a bar top—that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> for most people, that's crazy, but for me, it's kind of normal. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd probably be it. Yeah, girls dancing on a bar top—that's pretty much it. Nothing yeah. too crazy. Out of out of your uh, out of your four singles that you've made, which one would be your favorite so far that you've done? Um, probably you pushed me away. Um, lyrically, that one's pretty heavy as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was gonna do a music video for that one, but it just didn't align financially everything else at the time but um yeah you push me it was pretty that was a pretty heavy song when i wrote it uh, a lot of people can relate to it so i call it a unisex song so women and men can both relate to it um so that's probably my favorite one right now especially lyrically too yeah that's that's uh i think that was the one that i meant to say instead of unholy oh okay. that, that that was i man that that Boy, that song, oh, it, it, it's just like when when I can get those when I can get the chills in the back of my the back of my neck. That's that's when it's like okay, some, something that this, this guy's got it, man. This honestly, this guy's got it. I I appreciate uh, you sitting down and chatting with me, and uh, just kind of me being able to get to know you. And, sure. and and get my get uh, some hopefully some more exposure for you. Uh, I mean I know I've seen <laughs> you already have quite quite a quite a following, uh, but I mean anything that I can do to help 
I anything just, helps, man. man. Anything helps, especially <laughs> at this point. Like I said, like I'm grateful for anything. Anybody wants to share it, like I, I'm grateful for it. You got right. Got to be. Well, know. I, I will, I will push the crap out of your, uh, your music, man, because it's, awesome. it, it's, it's, uh, it's good stuff. And just, just keep doing what you're doing, man. What, what you're, what you're doing, you're, you're on the right line, man. Definitely awesome. on the right line with uh, Dead Defiant. So. Where can people uh, follow you on, like, what, what social media platforms can they follow you? And uh, where can people find your uh, your music? Okay, yeah. Uh, my main, I use Instagram more than Facebook, but you can find me on Instagram, uh, Craig underscore Ewan, E-W-A-N. Uh, Facebook, I have the uh, same, it's Craig Ewan. You can, you search me up, probably pops up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've also got a Dead Defined. I've got a Dead, dead Defined uh, Facebook page as well. Um, I try and get on that as much as I can. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah, obviously the YouTube for the music videos and other music. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. I think it's on Amazon Music as well. Um, but I tell people you should go to Spotify. That's the easiest one. And it's a lot easier to share, especially on social media. Everything's linked up with it. So Right. You can check out yeah. you have a couple of you have a couple of videos on there, right? Um every song is a video. Um, uh, yeah, okay. I've got two lyric videos, two lyric videos and two like official music videos on there for now. So Yeah, okay, okay. Yep. You've man, that see, and that's the thing. That's actually what we were just talking about uh, uh, last semester in uh, in market and music marketing. You you've you've hit it. You you've hit it right on right on the butt. Like you said, quality quality is uh, definitely the the way before before quantity. So yeah, yeah. Um, so again, pleasure to sit here and chat with you. Uh, this has been Craig Ewan of, of Dead Defined, uh, solo band, uh, amazing, amazing music. I've been your host, Andrew. Thanks for listening.